situations you know the definition of a servant as I read this is is a voluntary or involuntary slave meaning voluntary slaves you know you get a job and it, it sounds funny but you get a job but you are a servant to that job in order to make wages to support your family Involuntary slavery is like somebody forcing you to do something that you don't want to do. Forcing you to serve them and you don't have any other choice. So with servant being out the way, it could be willfully and unwillfully. The definition of a servant, you know, us that are in the body of Christ, we represent should represent being servants after the manner of all the disciples and what Christ had done throughout this Bible. Yes, everybody is responsible for their own servitude towards God. So as we get in this uh, series, this, this is the second part of this series, the first part was love as we talked about how we should love one another and being in as being in the body of Christ what examples we should set and what standards that we should set as being people of God and how we should love one another now we're talking about being a servant I'm gonna read you to you a couple of scriptures first and and later on we'll try to get down in it and we'll be able to try to break it down and also read about the others and how they done what they did back in the Bible days. The first scripture we're going to start off is the overall scripture Luke 17 starting with the seventh verse. As we read Luke 17 and 7 but which of you, having a servant plowing or feeding cattle, will say unto him by and by, when he is come from the field, go and sit down to meet? Luke 17 and 8. Luke chapter 17 and 8. And will not rather say unto him, Make ready wherewith I may sup, and gird thyself and serve me till I have eaten and drunken, and afterward thou shalt eat and drink. Showing us what people already do 
ain't gonna. I'm not gonna say everybody do does that thing, but the majority of people that have servants in this world today, maids, butlers, or whatever you want to call children, go do this and that, and then you can do this. Basically, what those this scripture is saying. Luke 17 and 9, does he think that the servant, because he did these things that were commanded in him, I, I, I troll not. He don't even think, give a gratitude to the servant for what they have done. You see this going on it, it, as Members of the body of Christ, we we don't want to get in this situation where we are unthankful. I ain't talking about just unthankful for the, to God, but unthankful for people that help us, that serve us. They don't even have to even know us, but if they helping us and serving us in a way, we need to be thankful. Whatever we do to the least, you also die unto him which is Christ Jesus. Luke 17 and 10. So likewise ye, when you should have done all those things which are commanded you, say, we are unprofitable servants, we have done that which was our duty to do. As servants in Christ, it, we shouldn't be uh, uh, amazed or even, I'm talking about us uh, that are servants of Christ, shouldn't have to worry about if a person say thank you or not. We're talking about servants of Christ. We're talking about servants of God. We're talking about people of God, Christians, whom trust in the Lord. We are unprofitable servants. We have done the thing that is commanded of Yes, it's good in us. Should be. If we call ourselves going, uh, people of God, good is in us. But we have to think about 17 and 10, that we have done the thing command. If God told me to do a thing for you, you don't really even have to think. It's appreciated if you say thank you. But we should be able to say that God told me to do this, and I have done it. And so it is. So being a, a, a child of God, being a servant of God, or whichever way you want to put it, we have to understand that we're not owed by man. God will have, has promises that he's going to keep if we line up to what he's saying in his word. We're talking about servitude, in God's, doing God's business. We talking about being a servant of God the right way. People get offended if you don't say thank you. Maybe your mind, you know, it's, it's, it's gratitude if you, if you do, but when a person is suffering so much and, and, and sometimes they just, they might be overwhelmed with the trouble that they have in their life, but they uh, they will find a way to come back and say thank you at a time. But as a member of the body of Christ, I'm not going to hold nothing against a person because they didn't want to say thank you because we are unprofitable servants. We have done that which Lord the Lord has commanded us to do. If he told us to preach, if he told us to do, we done or we preach it, we have done that which is commanded of us. We don't need all the unnecessary things, but we do need to do what God tells us to do. In order to be a servant of God, we must do what Christ tell us to do. 
I said before, we are responsible for our own servitude toward God. It's a basic way to begin your service towards God. But once you complete that service with help from a, a pastor or whatever, or somebody that's teaching, I'm going to say a teacher of the word, once you get in, you, I would say, graduate that situation and you have a one on one relationship with Christ, then the servitude becomes something that God would tell you to do then, there, or whenever He have He have it for you to do. Yes, we're under leadership at times, but then leadership roles change. Even as you grow in Christ, your leadership role changes as you grow. Because no longer are you a babe in Christ, but you begin to hear the King, which is Jesus, for yourself. And once Jesus starts commanding you to do things, you begin to become a servant of Him only and not a man in him because when you serve God and God tell you to do something but you got somebody that's would say over you you begin to have a confusion because you'll go to them and say and maybe ask questions that okay the Lord told me to do so what you think would I rather obey man or God so when you you got to establish that relationship with God to even become a servant. Let's go on in the scriptures as we uh, continue to read. We're going to go through, go to Matthew 20, chapter 20. And I think we're going to start with the 25th verse. Let me look at this. We're going to go Matthew 20. And we, yes, let's start with the 25th verse. But our main, main thing in this verse, in these, this passage of scripture is Matthew 20 and 27. But I'm going to, excuse me, I'm going to read four scriptures for you. But Jesus called them unto him and said, You know, ye know, that the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them. And they that are, in, that are great exercise authority upon them. The great one has the authority over them. But it shall not be so among you. But whosoever will be a great will be great among you, let him be your minister. Let him be your servant. I read that what the definition of slave uh, servant was willfully and unwillfully slavery. But it's telling us continue to break it down. Now we see not only is it uh, it, it sounds, slavery sounds like a hard term, but when you are not your own boss, let me put it that way, you are a servant of someone else, naturally speaking, like on a job. But here, but, Matthew 20 and 26, but it shall not be so among you, but Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Let him be your servant. Let him, if he want to be great, if we want to be great, we first must minister and serve the rest. And we're going to show you later on when we get to the scripture how we, if we wanted to be great, how we must serve the other. It it ain't just our friends and family. This thing roll all the way down to the least and all the way up to the greatest here on earth. 
Matthew 20 and 27. And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. It means the same thing as verse 26. If I'm going to be great among you, let me first be a servant. When I say first be a servant, I mean let me continue to serve to the day I die. The more a person do for you, the more a person... Look at it like this. And I'm going to just use my parents as an example. The more they did for me, the more it seemed like the more I loved them. And the more I respected them. But yet they was my servants because they provided for a child. They provided for their children and they, and they taught us and they, and they loved us and they chastised us. To make us the people that we are today. They did the best that they can. But then you have to increase and learn. And learn moral values. And we have to learn different things. To make sure we be a better person as we grow up. Yes, we make mistakes sometimes. But now we see that if someone serve us. Well, whoever it be, we tend to love or respect them more. Matthew 20 and 28. Even at the Son of Man, talking about Jesus, came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. He didn't come for us to serve him at that time for uh, when he came but he came to minister and to give his life a ransom for men he came not to be ministered to not to have servants not to have people he can command around, but to minister, to serve, bring the word, and give his, give his life ransom for many. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew 23 and 12. Matthew 23 and 12. It's the same thing. It's just all. Mostly talking about us servants that's in the body of Christ. As we continue to get on, we're going gonna to understand what I'm talking about. About being a servant and how we should serve. And we had the example of God, Christ himself, saying he came... To minister, not to get ministered to. But Matthew 23 and 12 says that, And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be obeyed. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Of course, if you want to be a servant of God, it's a lifelong for being humble and having humility. It's lifelong. And I don't serve, it, it, it's not I don't serve my time being humble. It's now that I need to stay humble until I die. Being a servant of Christ, if you write that down, you must stay humble until you die. Things might come, but you must remain humble as a servant of Christ, as a servant of Christ. Let's read on. Let's go to Mark chapter 9. We go to Mark chapter 9, and we're going to start at the 35th verse.
and Jesus was finna get ready to talk to his disciples and Mark chapter 9 and 35 says that and he sat down and called the twelve and said unto him all these scriptures are just about a reference to one another the ones that I'm reading they they, they read different but they, their meaning are the same and he sat down and he called the twelve and said unto them if a man desire to be first the same shall be last of all and servant of all if you want to be first let me tell you don't get this twisted up that first meaning being number one and last being the bottom of the barrel. But first meaning great. Everybody have a chance to be great. We all have a chance to be first, but to be humble, we must remain last. Meaning humility got us as I'm in our mind. That we're no better, we're no greater than they that are last. So me, you, you see how that that works out like that. Keeping a humble mind keep you low, even though you could be high and climbing up. But with a humble mind, you can respect athletes that are humble. Though they have the financial stability to do whatever they want, they you can respect them that they are not trying to say, since I got this, you look up to me. You have some that way. You can respect people that have, but walk as they have not. I ain't saying they don't have nothing. I ain't saying going out there looking like what you want to look at looking like anything I'm just saying that you'll never know if this person you because we all look the same decent and in order let's go on to the next verse verse 36 of Mark chapter 9 Mark chapter 9 verse 36 and he took a child and set him in the midst of them and we had, when he had taken him in his arm he said unto them Mark 9 and 37, he said unto them, Whosoever should receive one of such children in my name receiveth me. And whosoever should receive me receiveth not me, but him that sent me. We stay humble as a little child, as children that we can teach children. Especially parents can teach children if they do it right. If we as ministers of God begin to teach babe, if we do it right, we can teach them correctly. But being humble as a little child, we, could, we have that mentality that we know the things that Christ can do and we understand those things that Christ can do. But I'm not going up there trying to say, I'm Johnny Hoodoo. But I want to remain as Brother Derek. Or I want to say, be Sister Whoever I Am without the name that shows my character. I'm whoever. But I can remain as a brother and show another brother what I have. The knowledge or the wisdom that I have, I can teach to another brother. We begin to take these names on and people look up to us just because we wear something in front of our name, whether it's a doctor, even physical doctor in the hospital, nurse or whatever. They look at our name and they say it is an expectation behind the name. We begin to create expectations that we shouldn't be because that we cannot hold up to with a name. Be sure of your calling. 
but also because because of your calling, your servitude towards God could change at any time. You are responsible for your own servitude towards God. So as we continue to get in this series of Back to the Basics and learning about love the first, now our servitude towards God is on us. We carry these big names. But do we carry the big humility? Do we carry the big love with our name? We understand that we go through everything. We can go through certain things and the enemy can fight our mind, but we must continue to have that big name written in front of us, and it's called humble. The humble servant. The servant that loves. That's what we're trying to get to. That's the information that needs to be in front of our name. We ain't talking about minister or evangelist, Derek or anything above, but the brother with the love and the humility. I know him because he is humble. I know him because he loves people. Not the fact that I'm a minister, evangelist, prophet, apostle, whatever, but you know me because of my words. My faith, my love, my humility, that's what I want to be known for. People might line up to see a prophet. But it's that prophet, before that name prophet, it's humility and love before that name. It's the harmonious which Jesus did do that carry weight with our name. Do love, which is the greatest thing of all, do it carry the weight with the term servant with the name that you projected that God called you into being. Sometimes we need to take in consideration and look and see and within ourselves, are we really that person? If God called me to be that person, I need to first go back to the basics and learn of love and humility. So I can really get into what God has called me to be. I can't be no, I, I, I can't slang shot it. I got the word O's, love and humility in front of my name. I prefer to have those two rather than I would bishop, apostle, evangelist, minister. The brother that is humble, the brother that loves. I take those two any day, in every day till I die before I would take a name like that and not really living to the potential of these names. These names have to be associated with those two things. I'm only saying those two because that's what's in this series and them the two hours have started. It's more to come, but right now, in the beginning, we talked about love, now we're talking about servant and the servitude towards God. Without humility and love, how can we say, oh, we are servants of God? No way. We're not humble, and we don't love nobody. It's no way we can be servants and call ourselves servants. Some of us call ourselves servants, but we don't love nobody. But I say, we're prideful and both. We ain't got no humility, except for in front of the TV. I love everybody. Let your work show behind closed doors. Know how we do it. You know how parents, some good parents, they had their children, they lined up. 
They do whatever they you tell them to do in public. But then when you get home, it's a whole different story, a whole different ball game. Behind closed doors, as leaders, are we discussing the potential edification of our the people that trust in us, that trust us and, uh, and follow us, are we talking about disencouraging them in another way? Humility and love. Love do not beat down on nobody. And humility congratulate and edify people. If I'm humble enough, what you do, I can tell you that was a good job. But if I have more knowledge of what's going on in there, I can also ease that in to help you even to get even better at what you do. Let's read on. Let's go to John, St. John, chapter 13. Let's start at the second verse. And I'm, I'm going to start the second verse, but this is the scripture of the extreme example of being great, but also being last. As we read this scripture, I want you to get it in your mind that we're talking about the king of glory, Jesus Christ, and the humility that he's shown in this passage of Scripture. So, this is the real and part, this is the truth of being humility right here. One of the number one example of humility is wrote in this scripture right here as we read John chapter 13 verse 2 and supper being ended the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot Simon's son to betray him Jesus knowing verse 13 and 3 John 13 and 3 Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto him, and given all things into his hand, and that he was come from God and went to God. John 13 and 4. He rises from supper and laid his garments to, and took a towel and girded himself. After that he had poured water into a, a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. John chapter 13 and 6. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter said unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, in John 13 and 7, Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do knoweth not now, what I do thou knowest not now, but thou should know hereafter. You see the sharpness of Peter. I'm one of the last and you, and I understand that you is the son of God, but you washing my feet. What kind of humility is this? It was unheard of for a king to wash a peasant feet. Do we got it in our mind 
Or do we have a mentality that Jesus got in this passage of scripture as leaders in the high positions and pastors? Do we have the bit to go out and wash somebody nasty feet? I'm talking about in the position that you have. The positions of a company, a business, president, whoever. Notice that Jesus didn't wash his own feet or say, mention nothing about his feet. I've seen on TV that people get their feet washed. Uh, talking about the people in the body of Christ. And servants do it. The people in the higher up positions get their feet washed as well, but not washing feet. We talking about the greatest example of humility right here. Being someone of such great authority, but humble enough to wash basically basically people you only known for a little while feet. Do we have that humility and love? The love that was shared on Cavers the cross. The humility before that when the, he washed disciples' feet and even dried the feet off with the towel that he had around his body. You know back in the day, we didn't even want our family member feet to touch us. Sure, we washed baby feet, but when it started getting on the, the grown people, would we do it without a cost? Without making wages. Do we even have the humility to even do and think such a thing? Me being such up in leadership, do I have the same mind that I'm able to get down on my knees and wash someone's feet? Not just one, but he washed all of them feet. And told them, you don't know what I'm doing right now, but you will after a while. as Because I'm setting the standard of humility. Yes, this is the standard. This is what we should live up to. This is what we should have in our life. When I'm talking about humility. The standard is set. It's up to us. I'm going to say it again. We're responsible. Each individual that in the body of Christ is responsible for their own servitude towards God. If I teach you the way, I cannot make you do that. Do a goal the way that I teach you. I can teach you the way to my the best of my knowledge and hope that God increase you to even have. That's what we need. We won't if I have a limitation of teaching once you get all that I got I encourage you to shoot on up as far as you go can go. I don't giving you what I had, so now it's up to God to talk to you because I'm at my limitation on teaching you. Now God can shoot in, step right in, and give you or send you somewhere else with greater learning. It's up to me to continue to learn so I can continue to teach others to my ability. I can't go higher than what I know. But there's someone out there possibly that know way more than what I know. 
Go to them. You have my blessing. To increase in the knowledge of God. We're a team. And the only way for us to say our house cannot stand if it's divided. Therefore, I, I welcome teamwork. I do what I can and send you on. You got my blessing. And as I get ready to close this out, as we learn the great I would say the standard of humility and servitude of being a servant. Being last, but knowing that you have greatness in you. Not speaking of it, he did. Let me go into this scripture and then I finish. Philippians 2 and 7. As I close it out, Right here, if we go in the standard of humility, the standard in which he, uh, of love, faith, well, servitude. Now, as a servant, we must have love. We must be humble with it. But in this scripture, there is a standard that we must keep. Well, in a lot of scripture, but in this particular one, there is a standard that we indeed must keep. And as I close this out, reading this scripture, Philippians 2 and 7, I want you to take note on how a servant is supposed to be. We learned of love in the first part of the series. We learning of service in this second part, but we also learning that in humility and in love, a servant will prosper. But the standard of a servant, and you had a standard of humility, which I just have read to you, and when Jesus did the things that he done washing his disciples' feet. But the standard of uh, a servant is a one part of a standard of the many standards of a servant is Philippians 2 and 7. But he made himself no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. We gonna hold it right there. I'm gonna read the top part of this verse again. But made himself of no reputation. I'm not in this business for a reputation. I was called and I'm trying to obey a call. I want to obey a call. But in my obedience to this calling, I don't need no reputation. I don't need a big name to do what I need to do for my call. I don't need this big reputation to know that I'm serving a man with a reputation, a big reputation. I don't need it. I don't want to make no name for me. I want people to come to Christ. I want people to get saved. I want people to live to their fullest potential on earth. Teaching more than just moral and spiritual values, but teaching all things that will edify a soul. I don't want to make no reputation for myself. But you got many good men and women that did 
want to make a reputation for themselves. But the good things that they done in their life, it still brought them out in the spotlight. But I don't want to make a reputation of myself. I don't want no big name. I don't want my face on no poster board or whatever. I don't want to need to be on the front of a book, the cover of a book. I don't need those things. What I need is to be humble and to love. As we continue with this Back to the Basics series, we, we, we encourage people to read the scriptures for ourselves, for yourselves. Our motto here at TRC is to not to take the word that I'm saying that's proceeding out of my mouth, but to look upon the Bible and to read it for yourself. I call out the scriptures because I want people to jot them down and get, their, get an understanding for themselves. And if they don't know, seek God. If you feel like that I'm in the vicinity of being correct or wrong, it, take it upon yourself to seek God and to read the Word of God for yourself. Because it ain't up to us to make our own reputation. We don't want to, we don't, as servants of Christ, it should be sinful. To try to make a reputation. I'm prophet so and so. So what? Don't make a reputation for yourself. Stay humble. Because how could you be humble if you're making a reputation for yourself? That's a form of exaltation if you're making it for yourself. I know sometimes being great men and women of God, you might somehow adopt a reputation of whatever you do continuously and consistently. But be as the wind. We can feel it. We can't see it and we don't know which way it's going. It changes up on us daily. But it, it remains the same. It's still wind. If we people of God and we ask the wind, no matter which way we're rolling, which way we're going, and what, we, what we're doing, we must always remain the people of God. Repent. In the name of Jesus. We hope that this word will cultivate and seep as we have sown it and multiply and that you gain knowledge of being a servant of God. We ain't talking about your teaching. When you're being taught a lot, I mean a lot, you're still a babe in Christ. If it's a lot of things, it's a lot of things that I don't know. And that's common. But I'm going to continue to read. I'm going to continue to listen. And if I need help, I don't know where to go. It's not only just praying to God because he will give you an answer. But it's many people here in the world that have education in the word. And I, what I mean by education in the word, I mean they know what they're talking about when, it, when it's concerning the word of God. People have past experience that, which give them the opportunity to really teach because experience brings on something. So here at TRC, we, we hope you enjoyed today's topic, today's learning. It was especially, I'm especially grateful and happy to be able to come before you again. Many times, people, we we get in in this and we shoot out real quick. What I mean by that, that we 
not to look down on no anyone. But I feel I personally, I'm speaking like Paul. I personally think that if you're gonna minister a message, take your time on that message when you're learning it. Understand the concepts of what God is doing and what God wanna do and who is God targeting at that specific moment. We oftentimes get a message overnight. And that's good. Nothing wrong with that. But here, me personally, I prefer to read, look up, and study until I finish the last, last scripture that I need to do. It's over when it's over. Not just trying to Yep, you can get on the road, you can grab the mic, and you can minister real quick and good. Sound good, look good, smell good. But somebody might have missed it. Sit down, learn, study, and then teach. Take you as long as you need to for every message. Because the messages need to be greater than the people's circumstances. Not the way I feel, if I'm happy, I can roll with the word. Feeling good in the Holy Ghost, I can roll with the word of God and continue to minister cause something good is in me. But I prefer to sit down, slow down, and teach what's being taught to me. God bless you. And I hope your day has been wonderful. The rest of your day be wonderful as well. And here at TRC, like I said, don't take our word for it, but read it for yourself. God bless you. And we love you here at TRC. Thank you. Thank mm -hmm. you.